Welcome to the Politics Related Podcast. It's a podcast for Australian students who just want the political interference taken out of shooting. This episode is really just an introduction to the series that will follow. However, we're also going to cover a topic a little bit later on that deserves a bit of attention now. But for the next episode, episode two, that's an update on the self-defence case in the Northern Territory involving Ron Sterry, and that's available online now. So here's the introduction. We know life is tough. It challenges us on just about everything we do from the time we're born. But shooting gives us the time we need to have to ourselves. It gives us something enjoyable to do, and we get to spend time in the bush, at a range, or a gun show. And we get to catch up with friends and have a coffee with them at the start of the day or a beer or two at the end. Some of us are even lucky enough to earn a living from it. And even hotels and motels run by people who aren't shooters earn a living from it. That's why shooting is important for everyone. Individuals, the community, the economy, and even governments who benefit from the taxes we pay. So it doesn't help when governments try to take it away from us because of some ill-conceived notion that you or I can't be trusted with a gun. They think shooting as an activity isn't important and that nothing good comes from it. And that's plainly wrong. It's offensive and it's why people like you and me get hot under the collar about it because it's all based on prejudices that can't be justified. What we'll do in our podcast is tell you what you need to know about our political challenges and what you can do about it or rather what we can do about it. And we'll interview the people you you want to hear from. Because that is the way to stop government from taking what we love to do away from us. Otherwise, governments will continue to attack what we do because they think there's more votes in doing that. And they can get away with it. Politicians love to have headlines of toughening gun laws in the papers and across the news to boost their careers because that's what they do. Just have a look at what the Western Australian Police Minister, Paul Papalia, is doing in this state right now, and we'll cover that later. Now, that's why we must never, ever, ever let our governments get away with this, but they will if we let them. Politics Reloaded, this podcast, is a step up for Australian shooters who are still recovering from the atrocious attacks on them by governments since the 1990s, and before then, in the 1980s. Shooting used to be revered by our leaders, Prime Ministers, State Premiers and Governor Generals, They've all been patrons of shooting organisations, but now they seem to be on the other side. Now that's nothing new, but as I'll explain later in another episode, the reason we haven't been able to keep the fight up is because we, as a community in our own right, have lacked the political skills we need. If shooting had a dozen David Lane helms, Australian shooters would be in a very different position to where we are now, but we're not. Now we've had the Combined Crimes Council of Victoria and the National Shooting Council, both of which I had a lot of involvement with, and whose output was of articles and videos you may have seen. And that was largely my work, and I believe helped to show shooters what can be done. Now that work will continue, and that's why I started this podcast. So what do you need to know? You need to know that political action matters. It really does. It's through political actions that we get change, and it's up to us to show that we have the will and the means to take that change. With the right approach, we can stop politicians focusing on the way we do. Now, winning in politics also means winning stuff back. And sure, we've got a long way to go for that. And yes, there'll be strong resistance as well. But it's possible. The problem is, what does political action look like? And who can do that for us? And how do we put that into action? 
Now, I'll try to cover those things as best as I can in later episodes, but get ready to change the way we look at the future of shooting because every war is winnable. It will be tough on government, and that includes more freedom of information requests, more lobbying to politicians, and interviews with politicians who are on the side with what we do so we can get more information and tips and help to back our cause. Plus, Politics Reloaded now has got the capacity to run legal challenges to bad gun laws that you want to see us take. Well, that's the introduction to this series. Now, the issue I wanted to cover is a matter I posted on a few days ago, which is about gun raids in New South Wales that the New South Wales Police said was targeting criminals. Now, if you haven't seen it, then you need to, because especially if you're in New South Wales, and there's a link to the story in the show notes. Now, the story is that the New South Wales Registry told the media that it seized firearms and ammunition and revoked firearm licences in a bl- and it blitz on gun owners with alleged links to organised crime groups. And by that, they mean outlawed motorcycle gangs and organised criminal networks. Now, what they ended up doing is charging two firearm owners with offences. Inadequate storage, and I think one of them had a what the police described as a silencer or suppressor. Now, we know the police have previously confused other items such as extension tubes as being suppressors, and another one allegedly had a slingshot. But these are not the sort of items you would normally get out of raids on crime groups. There were no drugs, there were no Uzis, there was nobody that they found has skipped bail. Instead, these are firearm owners who had minor uh, offences. That's all it was. In fact, the media release that the police put out said, whilst it is not alleged any person subject to this operation is themselves involved in criminal activity, it's another reminder of the price of involvement in outlaw criminal networks or outlaw motorcycle gangs. In other words, it was just a reminder. It wasn't targeting criminal networks at all. And all they managed to do was to pin a couple of shooters on, well, as I said, some fairly minor charges. The commander of the New South Wales Farms Registry, Detective Superintendent Cameron Lindsay, also told the media how they have stringent integrity testing and they, uh, they have exhaustive uh, lists of grounds to revoke licences. But history also shows that they've gone after the wrong people uh, in the past. Examples of that are ex-service men and women from the Defence Forces who have the Department of Veteran Affairs cards that they are given, which gives them discounted um, health benefits. In New South Wales, if you have a DVA card, you can get a concession on from fees when you apply for your licence. So there's a carrot. The problem is the New South Wales police then use that as a way to get back to the applicant to ask more questions about whether they were actually fit to hold a, a firearm licence. And we know of people who were subjected to additional requirements to have their mental health assessed. The other example that we drew upon was the story of Peter Martin. Now, Peter is in Glen Innes in mid-New South Wales. He's a retiree. Peter went to a grain store called Norco, and he had a conversation with an employee who was interested in what Peter does, which is pistol shooting. So they had a conversation about the sport. During the conversation, Peter produced his licence to show the employee what it looks like. This was 
overheard and overseen by another employee who obviously doesn't like firearms. He took offence at this and went to management who didn't take any action. So the employee, a guy called Bernie, went to the police. And the police then ended up revoking Peter's licence. So Peter had to fight for it. Now, Peter eventually got his licence back. But it was appalling that the New South Wales police would act on a story relating to Peter having a conversation with someone and losing his licence to actually uh, do that. But there is some karma in this. And one thing which we have not published, which I am pleased to be able to report now, is a footnote to that story. And that is that the employee, a guy called Bernie, he moved to Tenterfield, about an hour's about an hour north of Glen Innes, to work at another Norco store. Poor old Bernie went to a footy match a while ago and he didn't survive. He killed over with a heart attack and died. So that's the story of Bernie. He's out of the way now. Now, the problem isn't that this isn't just a lie about what the raids in New South Wales were for. It's actually the systemic use of a derogatory narrative by New South Wales police at our expense, when they should, in fact, simply be reporting the facts. But the story of criminality by New South Wales police was an invention of their own imagination. Look, that's all we've got for episode one. And as I said, it's an introduction to a series that will go through a lot more later on. So stick around for those where we go into a deeper dive with interviews and stories that matter. And we look at what can be achieved. Episode two is an interview with Ron Sterry, one of the most interesting cases of self-defense, which is available online now. Thank you for your time. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that you're on our email list. And don't forget to check the notes of this episode because that's where you find out how to support the show and become a member to back what we do. Plus, let us know if you want something promoted on the podcast. Maybe you've got a shoot coming up or you're after more members for your association or club. Just let us know. We'll see you in our next episode of Politics Reloaded Podcast. Mm-hmm.